Well, hello everybody. This is Ian Baldwin. Hope you're all well. How are you doing? You survived another year, <laughs> and then with the with the with the help of the Arit Sales Company, we're going to look at the last couple of years uh, and project forward the next 18, 24 months as I see it. Ian's crystal ball here, and many of you have probably heard my stuff before, and I've spoken to probably everybody in, in that's watching this thing over the last two thousand years. I've been doing this. Um, but in the thousands of years I've been doing this, I've never seen anything like this at all. This is uh, unique, it's an overused word, but this is a unique situation. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. I don't think anybody I know has seen anything like it. Um, so just think 18 months ago, the sky was falling. We thought our business was going to go out of business. We were scrambling to, to adapt to a new reality. And then what happened? Well, we're going to look at what happened and, and, what happened is a big learning. We had this enormous, almost like two years in laboratory for garden center retailing lab. Uh, I'm gonna pick out some key points from that today. And uh, really not looking back so much, but looking forward to say, okay, now what? How are we gonna keep this momentum, this enormous momentum that built up uh, going a future and, and what do we learn and what can we codify? Is that a good word? What can we implement forever? Well, certainly going forward um, from our learnings because it, it's not going to go back to like it was, that's for sure. Okay, first slide. First slide, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> so these numbers are from our numbers program, our five numbers project, which you may have heard of. And if not, you can take a look at the end of the program to see that the link um we got about 56 58 and canada thank you who report every month on on their five numbers and uh, i can't share that data because it is confidential and it is a, a paid service so these numbers are the aggregate in other words the totals from 56 i think or 52 stores reporting at the moment um first half of 2021 now, I don't compare with 2020. It's You can individually, and you should, within your own stores and your own areas. But looking at it from a 30,000-foot view from the country, the nation, North America, um, some places are closed, some places are open, some were on, uh, will call only, that you know, curbside stuff. 2020 was such a disjointed year in, in operation for some people. It's not a fair comparison. So we're actually looking back two years to say, okay, what were the last two years like? Let's say 2021 compared with the, the last normal year, whatever that was, of 2019. So these are just some stunning numbers. And I know the screen is on the small side, so maybe I have to close up a little bit. But okay, the sales of the same store count two years later is 47% up sales volume increase on the same store count and garden centers in 23 states and three provinces, 20, 47% up on two years ago, 29% on last year, but I'm not looking at that too much. So 47% decrease in sales in two years. It's just phenomenal. Never seen that across a region. Sometimes, I mean, maybe a small region might get that just one off. We had those in California in the 1990s, but a whole continent, <laughs> 
And look at the customer count. So the customer count was up 27%, 27.4% in two years. In your wildest dreams, you've never imagined you'd have 27% more customers, shoppers, than you did two years ago, unless you're just a starting up from new in a brand new location. Uh, it just it just never happens. So that the background here, and we've got these little, the, the sliding scale said, so green is 2021, black is 2020, blue, pale blue is 2019, and, and um, gray is 2018. So we've got four years of data now. This is the first half of the year, year to date, end of June, 2021, compared with the same first halves for previous years. Okay, here we go. So two years of catching, catching brought some need to knows. It wasn't just a 28% rise in the number of shoppers, which itself is pretty stunning. It was the fact that they spent more as well. So typically that's not the way. You get more shoppers, they spend less because there's less attention and it's just it's more difficult to serve them. But we had a double whammy. We got a huge increase in traffic count and a, a very strong increase in, in average ticket, average sale, average basket, shopping cart, ka-ching. It's so, and I know it's so hard to get a $1 per year. I've tried over the years with clients to get $1 per year increase in the average ticket. And the range here was $6 to $15. So somebody put $15 on the average ticket in two years, just unheard of. So my, my first cynical question is, how on earth did you persuade the same people from the same town, shopping the same store with the same products and the same team to spend so much more per visit? That alone can drive some really strong changes in the future, next few months and years. So brainstorm need on that one. How did you do it? What made the average ticket go up so strongly? Wasn't just price rises. I know that. Okay, next. So a um, little pretty picture. We had approximately 16 million more shoppers in Lawn and Garden. This includes Depot and Lowe's and Walmart. 16 million more people had a go at gardening than did two years ago. Wow. And whether it's 15 or 17, it doesn't matter. It's a lot of people. So now we're going to say, how can we keep them at it? Some will just, some gave up. Some didn't think it's worth the, worth the effort and the money and the, and the fingernails. And, and they didn't realize how difficult it can be to produce a tomato. Um, what we're going to do to help them succeed and validate your brand in doing so. I want you to be the success helpers that made people stick in the industry as a customer. That's, what, that, that's your brand challenge. Get them back in, which is a challenge in itself, and then help them succeed uh, and not waste money, waste time, break fingernails, spend all day with a bad back. Um, it's your it's your challenge now, I think, because we've been given this wonderful gift. All these people come into a garden center who didn't even know the worst such thing as a garden center three years ago. Okay. So next, I've got a few slides called Keeping the Momentum Going. And thank you, Audrey, for the title there. Let's look at customers, the people, the marketplace, the customers. They don't want to buy like we've always sold. Oh, really? No, sorry, they don't. Something has to change. We've got this huge COVID bump, but now what? What will your future operation look like? What hours are you going to open? What your services are you going to offer? Are you going to continue curbside and delivery and personal shopping? What, what have we learned from the last two years that's, a, that's going to stick and, and work for you, as in making money? 
So I want you to do a deep dive into everything. I do mean everything with regard to the customer. What you're carrying, why are you still carrying what you sold in 2015? Good question. How do you market yourself? What do you look like from the outside drive-by on the on online website and, and social media? What are the engagement skills of your team have you learned? Can they now deal with more people? You know, you in retail, you're all, got, you're all juggling balls, right? There's four customers, one at the red hat, there's one in looking at roses. There's a lady trying to pick a ficus off a really difficult table to get at. You know you do that, right? So what's the engagement skills of the team? Have you improved that way to engage and hold people uh, in your hand, as it were? What's the shopping experience? Has that changed? How has that changed? I hope it's better. I hope it's quicker. I hope it's simpler and doesn't depend on people telling everybody, employees telling everybody where to go. Turn left at the big tree and it's on your right. No. What have we done to improve the shopping experience? Does it smell nice? Does it sound good? Are there places for the kids to at least not play, not put gravel in the fountains. You know, what can, what can we do to improve the shopping experience? And I think one thing that came from COVID, or one of many things, is that um, one of our clients said this to me. He said, one thing we learned last year was that our customers, that the community thinks a whole lot more of us than we ever thought they did. Ooh, we, I didn't say we took them for granted, but we just had no idea how much they really valued our part of this community. There's a good line to think about. Social media is a driving force, especially for young shoppers. Invest time and money in it. And we've been cheesy on this. You know, it's hard for, <coughs> excuse me, it's hard for people in their 60s and older to appreciate the driving forces behind engagement with people 30 and younger. So let's hire millennials to attract millennials, duh, to bring them into your store and website. Don't try and do it yourself, you can't. If, you, if you're my age, don't even try. Just get somebody who knows this stuff. How do you do offer change? Have you just reduced SKUs? Have you changed things around? Have you changed brands? Are you going to hire different age groups to buy for different age groups? There's another duh. It's hard to be a buyer for all, all ages and all genders and all interests. Very hard. Buying is not easy. Buying is a difficult skill. So maybe you could be sharing it. Buyers don't have to be full-time. You can work from home now. You could have something working from home one day a week to bring in the good stuff for a certain age group. And don't forget to ride the houseplant wave. This is a big takeaway from the uh, last two years. Um, we are blessed with that fact that millennials and, and Gen, Gen Z are just embracing houseplant. It's an easy level item, item easy entry level item. And my figurines says you add houseplants dollars, the soil for the pot and the pot itself, and maybe the stand and maybe this little squirty thing to, to uh, keep them moist. It should be 12% of volume. And that's a pretty good target right now. It run away, ride the wave. It will eventually go away. You know that they do waves. That is. So let's look at some more numbers. These are the aggregates again, the totals from the same store count three years in a row. 
gross margin dollars, which I care about much more than sales, gross margin dollars went up by 55, sales up by 47%, wow. Gross margin dollars even more wow, 55%, gosh. Never in your wildest dreams did you think that was going to come up like that. So what are you going to do with it? i got some ideas further on. Let's look at labor hours because most folks think about labor dollars all the time. I look at labor hours as well, in fact, even more so. How many hours are you putting in to get X dollars out? Yeah, good question. So we record hours pretty carefully on this program of ours. So look at all this. We had, so we had 47% sales increase and 55% gross margin dollars increase with only 8% increase in labor hours in two years. Wow, that's a huge, that's called productivity. Sales per labor hour, we measure that. It's called productivity, labor productivity. And it's stunning. Nobody ever expected that. A 33% increase in productivity in two years. I mean, that number should go up quicker than the cost of labor rising, which is what, six, eight, 10% maybe now. It's up, productivity is up 30%. So what did you do to keep those hours down while doing so much more? That's a major brainstorm right there. So let's, we'll come back in a moment to that. So look at the margin thing, right? Back to the margin thing now. So margin of pricing, big conversation right now in the industry is every price I get from my suppliers is going up. Uh, the cost of containers is just a joke across the, across the Pacific, just a joke. How am I going to cope with all this? How am I going to pass this on? Well, can you pass it on? Well, many of them are, term, it's a supply and demand inflation right now. Not like the 70s at all. Uh, I lived through that. Um, but right now, it, they are going up and you've got to pay for it. So how are you going to pass these increased prices on? Cost of labor going up too. So between the two, you're probably looking at 70% of your, of, your, of your revenue items are going to go up. 70% of the main, the two main things, labor and inventory are going up. So um, there is one little note here from Cynical Ian. You've made a lot of money in the last two, well, I hope you have, you should have made a lot of money in the last two years. So there is money there to give something back. No question about it. Gross margin has increased significantly. And here's the, here's the statistic. In the last two years, garden centers have added two to 3% that magic number called gross margin is a percentage of sales. 55 going up to 58, 52 is going up to 55. Most people has gone up two or three points, some went up a lot more than that. So there's much more than normal or oh, pre-COVID. So there's money there in the bank. And I know many of you are sitting on more money than you've ever seen before. So there's money in the bank to pay for this strategy of reducing or not increasing some prices, <laughs> and increase in others where you can. So my mantra is, you've heard this before, some of you, gross margin, pricing, get it where you can and give it back where you have to. And you have money to give it back. No question about that. Because gross margin will probably revert back to what it used to be in your company. It might be 51, 55, 57. It'll revert back to that in a couple of years' time. But right now, we're on a higher margin wave and there is spare cash, no, this, no doubt about it, to, to live with this new strategy of putting some prices up and keeping some prices down level or even taking some money off prices. What? What? 
even cutting some prices because there's money to pay for it. So promote your price sensitive lines. That's where your office should be to give the impression of com being competitive. And then I'll test the rest, test the prices of things uh, to see if there's pushback from the public. It's starting. You can see it already. It's not like it was five months ago where money didn't matter. It's starting. Promotion lines are now kicking in as, as being uh, advantageous. But don't give everything away. Do not do a slash and burn across the whole country, company. Don't give anything away if you don't have to. Get it where you can. In fact, see where you can raise prices a little bit to, get, to keep some money in the bank. It's a balance. And that's a balance you have to study. I can't answer that for you. I can just do guidelines like this. You've really got to sit down with your buyers and your employees and your people on the touching them public touch points and say, what can we put up this year? What do we have to be very conscious of this year? What are our competitors shouting about loudly this year? So look at your price responsive lines and test the rest, okay? Momentum, inventory, ta-da! Well, it's short, right? Everybody's chasing the same stuff and there's not enough to go around. So whereas many of you, with my blessing and my encouragement, have been living on a kind of just-in-time inventory delivery for years, good job, it's time to put that one back on the shelf and pull off the how-do-I-survive strategy. So it means you're about to buy more than you normally would and buy a lot earlier than you ever have on items you think are going to be in short supply or already in short supply. In other words, things were imported, or things that are just have a cycle of growth, like Christmas, Christmas trees, green trees, roping. Um, you've got to buy earlier and buy more than you feel is right. Even if it means storing goods. Storing goods ties up money and costs you money. But, but in, interest rates are low. And this is a strategy to make sure you have it. And as the old adage is, you can't sell it if you don't have it. So some way to make sure you got it is important right now. And that, I think, means buying a lot more than you normally have on hand, even it means storing it like pottery and things like that, or, or, if, or, or just paying a lot earlier like greens or spring or paying prepaying green goods for next spring. A big pandemic learning was that we didn't need to offer so much stuff. I've been at it for years. I know skew, slashing and burning has been one of my goals for years. And this really proved it. You didn't need to have all that choice around. And there's some learnings there. So do a deep dive with your team and your buyers, uh, especially your team, because they are sometimes the most difficult to convince of this, that you don't need to have so much choice to drive sales. You just don't. So make your, make your choices, make your selection. <laughs> Invest in next generation products for the newbies. Let's not forget, they don't like stuff that I like. don't know why, but they don't. And uh, my lot, the boomers, they need easy solutions for our backs and our sore fingers and our, our gentle style of gardening we're going into now. I think it's a real opportunity now because knowledgeable gardeners are in decline. We all know that. Uh, and then replacement people uh, are, I call them newbies. It doesn't matter if they're 45 years old. They still could be new. Uh, are not like that. They, they don't have that history or hobbyist attitude of, of my generation. So they're looking for somebody to help them 
and they'll, t- you know, they just walk around the store, say, well, what do you like? What do you think? What do you recommend? That's what they're asking. So just go ahead and be their recommender. It's called curation. I don't like the phrase, but it's been around in the wine industry and the, the gourmet food business for a long time. Curate what you recommend. No ch- less choice. They don't, choice just confuses people nowadays. So your brand selection, your brand suggestions are what they're looking for now. Our best flower for bees, our best remedy for brown lawns, our best hose, whatever you call it. Be the authority. There's no debate. You don't have four choices of, of watering can. This is your best. Go away. Love it. Take it away and, and good luck. There's no, there's no authority. There's no debate. One of the garden center attributes that came out strongly in the pandemic is that we are looked on as a source of information. Well, guess what? We are. And we're respected for that. So flaunt your knowledge. Reduce the choice. Reduce the confu- confusion, I call it. And uh, use this opportunity. Uh, blame COVID. Blame me. I don't care. To slash and burn skews of competing attention to the public. They don't want to think it out. They want you to think it for them. So anyway, I'll, I'll move on. <laughs> Finally, this maybe should, this should be top of the list, not finally. You've really got to invest in technology. Everything from POS, better if you don't have it, get one. And better if you don't, if you do have one, get a better one. Technology like QR codes to help information at point of purchase rather than somebody stood there pointing and talking all day long. And you need to get what I would call visible inventory. Even if you're not doing e-commerce, people on their phones 24-7 saying, do they have it? Where can I find this echinacea? Oh, place down the road. I said, okay, good. When they open tomorrow morning, nine o'clock, I'll be there. It's replacing the phone call. You know, do you have this echinacea called Pink Wizzy? That's going away. It's 24-7 on their phone. And I don't care if you're e-commerce or not. This is not an e-commerce conversation. This is a visibility of inventory conversation. And then employees who are home-based because they've got families or they've got people to look after, they can do all the inquiries, fielding it online or by phone from their home, and you pay them to stay home and work the inquiry line. Good idea. Another one. Okay, team momentum. As I said already, 32% increase in sales per labor hour, just stunning. That needs to go up faster than the cost of labor, five, six, eight percent. You got 32 in two years. So what did we learn? Was it just a sustain a non-sustainable he for get the job done mindset and uh, never mind the consequences, let's just keep going this year? Or did managers and teams actually sell more in shorter hours? Yeah, they did. Work smarter, hope so. Receive better, hope so. That's a big labor suck. Move products more efficiently in that famous dust it and move it attitude. (laughs) Did you display and turn things quicker? And if so, how? Okay, a thing called org chart, very corporate, but it's very relevant. And you you can forget that phrase, but just who stepped up from your team and who didn't? And what are you doing with those that didn't, if they're still there? Have you got the right people on the right seats? Are they even on the right bus? And hire some millennials to sell to millennials. That's another duh. 
One thing they come through to me from our clients is that um, there's a lot of younger people on the team that were way down the pecking order who just stepped up and took control and just loved it and are doing very well now because of that. And I hope you got the same thing with some of your people. So was there more grab and go, self-service and silent selling? I think there was. And what, did, what do you learn about that? You don't need to have somebody stood so there pointing all day long. So brainstorm. Where did you save so many labor hours? Because remember, the industry as biometrics went up 47% in sales in two years, gross margin 55% in two years, and labor 6%. Hours, labor hours, 6% in two. So somebody somewhere saved a lot of stuff. Was it just closing the store earlier and not opening on Tuesdays? Think about handling, how you handle stuff. Follow the product cycle from receiving to loading in the customer's car at the other end. Which items take more time? Which categories take more time? Which brands and which vendors? Sometimes you can have three suppliers of one item and vendors see just seem to take longer because the way they package it, the way they wrap it, the way they it just seem to take longer. So why do you need to buy from them? Or a question to their sales rep next time you talk to them is why does our stuff why does your stuff just cost more money and labor to set up? So there's a good brainstorm right there. How did you do that productivity? Was it just literally the, the heat of the moment and non-sustainable? Or did you really just work smarter as a group? I think you did. Next, <laughs> how to reinvest in winning. So, so our, some of my clients literally from April last year to October last year went from the sky is falling, it's this company, three generations, it's going to go crash on my watch. I'm so worried. Eight months later, they're saying, I've got so much money, I need to spend something to avoid tax. What shall I buy? It was just remarkable. <laughs> so we've got cash, cash in the industry. And I think many customers and most of your employees know it's been two amazing years. Talk to owners and presidents here and CEO people here. So I've got some investment suggestions. Invest in labor saving, like I just mentioned. Look at mechanization of something. Look at reducing something that you can't, can't slash the labor on. Receiving big time stuff, watering a continual time stuff, and merchandising. Do you, somebody asked me at the end of last year, a client, pretty big garden center, said to me, Our question is, do we even need merchandising anymore? People just grabbed it, we just piled it high and it went. And what, what can you invest in technology with things like the, the, the uh, inventory readers, inventory machines to, to see what you got, you get inventory reports on your phone now. What can you invest in technology to speed up the process, including good POS? Invest in change. Well, the industry has changed, no question about it. I was at a place two weeks ago where it was August 5th, and it felt like June 5th, the amount of fresh color from gorgeous echinacea and that kind of stuff from vendors. That never used to exist. That just didn't happen. So now we've got this great color, all year round color mostly now, pretty much including houseplants inside. So we've got a grab and go world now with a lot less uh, hand holding. So my model now of a garden center is lots and lots of grab and go, silent selling, good signage, QRs for, for help on information and an expert on patrol. 
to seal the deal, as it were. No 20-minute guided tours of the perennial developments, please. No special orders. That's the time suck. And we'll call holding for three months in case they pop in. No, no, we're not doing that anymore. We've got some big changes going on here. Invest in those look and feel aspects of retail that customers notice. The first, was the first thing that, three things that people look at in a store? Uh, the walls, the floor, the ceiling. So paint. Replace those shopping carts you've been hanging on to since 1990. Paint those tables or repair the tables and the legs that get wet and soggy, the benches. Mod checkout systems. How are you with the mobile checkout on the iPad? There's an idea. Better information at point of purchase, including the QR code thing and how not to fail resources online, videos, YouTube, classes. But above all, happy, smiling, welcoming teams. I'm sad to say that that's not always been the case. The garden center business is a stressful place and teams get stressed, but the customers don't need your stress. Uh, that was pretty obvious last year. So um, we got to invest in happy people and disinvest in miserable people. Sorry. Invest in wages. The people that got you there today, got you through this thing, uh, they need some recognition. I know many of you have really upped the wages and the bonuses. And good job. I've long said that I want an industry with less people working there, but making more money each. They deserve as much as you can pay them. Absolutely. But also fix those things just irritate. You know, I, I worked in the greenhouse and I lost a fingernail every couple of days when I tried to un that certain latch on that greenhouse door that did not open for me, lose a fingernail. That ancient forklift that took half an hour to start and that lunchroom, oh, that lunchroom, can you please clean the lunchroom and give us a new fridge? So little things <laughs> that make the difference to people is a big deal. It's not expensive compared with the big capital spend, but it means something a lot to the team that you spent that kind of money. And it's pretty obvious. Ask them where they want to spend a few thousand dollars on their own well-being. Okay. Invest in visuals from the outside, storefront, parking lot, lighting and landscape. Too many garden centers plant the leftover four range that are actually quite nice by July, but by then nobody's coming in the door. <laughs> Invest big time in, in full landscapes for May. Look a prosperous and fun place to work. That's a visit rather. Um, and that's your brand perception, isn't it? To invest in looking good because you are good. You've been good. You've served the public well. You've, you've, you've met the challenge more than met the challenge last few last couple of years. So um, I think the pendulum is on our side. I was being independent garden center channel on our side. I think it's swinging back to us. I think the pandemic did that in a big way because people recognized our value and like the fact we're local and we, you know, we, our soil is their soil, right? Um, so I think this, is, this pandemic has been a blessing in disguise. It's been a horrible two years for many people. Let's not forget, we are blessed to be uh, as lucky as we've been. Um, but uh, the, the silver lining, if there is such a thing, has been that the independent garden centers taken a definite rise in the community's perception of, of their value and their status. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, so I'm going quick. I know when I talk funny, I'll slow down. On reflection, it's time to change it up, as a client of mine constantly says, <laughs> time to change it up. And he does. 
And it's wonderful, their place. So, I like that picture. Let COVID be your mirror. What do you know? What do you look like? What's your status? What's your community opinion? What's your standing amongst employees, amongst wannabe employees? Are you seen as a good place to work or a place to work? Are you seen as a generous group of people? Are you seen as a fun place to work? Hope so. You spend too long at work for it not to be fun. So what are you now in the eyes of the potential customers, the potential employees, and the community in general, and your vendors? Are your vendors happy to supply you, or are you a pain? And right now, they've got enough shortages to not supply pains. <laughs> what are you not going back to? Let's not just go back to 2018 and say, oh, well, that was fun. Can we go back to normal now? No, you can't. The answer is absolutely not. The new normal is, is, is this. It's not 18 and 19. So what are you not going back to? What can you use as, a, as, a, as an excuse to bury some sacred cows? I'm mixing my metaphors up there. But there's something, you know, you just say, okay, it's time to get rid of that building, that checkout, that forklift. That strange mound where the roses are, what is buried in there anyway? So what are you not going back to? We've got a modern, respected, trendy industry right now. So let's reflect that in our stores and our people. What does your chart look like? Have you right-sized the team and seats? That, that's an, I'm repeating that. That's an important one. Have you used, and I do mean used, this pandemic to get the right people, and by definition, to let go the wrong people. Cruel but true. This is a business. And how are you going to invest those extra margin dollars? I know you've got them, unless you've spent them on something I don't want to know about. Um, I know that most garden centers sitting on some cash or short-term investment money anyway, that they could invest in look and feel, employees, and facilities. Yeah, and technology. So what are you doing? You can what are you doing to keep new customers confidence and trust? It worked last year. They loved you because you had hundred heirloom tomatoes. Maybe you want to pair that back to 82. That's a lot of tomatoes to know about. But they loved you for that. But they're not hobbyists like like my lot are. Our lot, you know, don't forget if you're a bit younger than a boomer, the story on boomers is that they, they were good customers because they, they didn't mind failing. <laughs> they'd come back three or four times with a dead plant saying, well, I've killed another one, but let's give it one more try. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think younger generations are doing that. So we can't just say, well, they'll grow into it. They might grow out of it. Let's, let's hook them with this two or three years, two years of success and the obsession with houseplants and therefore green success. Um, we've got to think outside the box though, on that one because uh, they're not, we can't just say, We'll grow into it with, with classes like we did with the boomers and we'll have nice stuff and we'll have 46 varieties of roses. They might only want three. So look at the choice and the style of presentation. If it, if it appeals to my generation, you're out of date. Sorry. I'm out of date. And a big question now is how do you preserve the big new average ticket? Back to that first slide. Wow. 
One dollar per year was an achievement. I mean, I know people that tried hard and finished 62 cents bigger than the year before. Almost never see two or three dollars on the average ticket going up unless it's a new company expanding. And some people $15 on the average ticket. Many did five, six and seven dollars. So what was that about? Did you just put prices up? Did you hide the cheap stuff? <laughs> it works. <laughs> uh, did you sell better one-on-one -on -one words? Did you have more information at point of purchase, silent selling? Did you change the traffic flow that just showed people what you got more than what they knew about? So, um, in fact, I talked to someone yesterday who said, my average ticket increase is because we moved the checkout. And that meant that people coming in for product X had to go past product A through whatever it is, Y. No, you know, you, <laughs> V, sorry. <laughs> so um, they got exposed to stuff they never came for before, they never saw, didn't think about, didn't even know what carried it, like those big, very big echinacea, for instance. So uh, that was his example, exactly why we got more on the average ticket. I think he put $7 on the average ticket, and he said, because we changed the traffic flow. Okay, well, breathe in, Ian, slow down. So what now can you codify, which is a fancy word meaning, that's a kind of Pentagon word, meaning make official and implement as normal practice going forward. Think about those headings I had, team, customers, team, margins, prices, and uh, investments of the money. Okay, so um, it's been a, <laughs> a pretty big two years, right? And no, no pressure for all this stuff, right? I just want you to take a 30,000-foot view, which is I do for a living, 30,000 vote viewers instead of worried about next year's register and the fact we're down 5% compared with last year. Yeah, you might be. We're back to weather now. It, it, the shopping patterns are now back to being affected by old-fashioned things like weather or a college football thing going on in your town. Normal stuff as opposed to pandemic. So we've had an enormous two years in this laboratory. laboratory. What's come out of it and how much... You're certainly better. I know that people in, in the room, as it were, are now better retailers than they were two years ago. I know that. You wouldn't be here if you weren't. Congratulations. But what have you learned that you can turn into better practices and an easier, an easier life for your employees, a less stressful life for, life for owners, and a more enjoyable life for your consumers? And... Um, suppliers too so what are we going to do about it hmm. so i'm leaving these questions but look into things like we mentioned average ticket investments team improvements on the right bus etc okay so uh the future is waiting actually let's go right i think i'm on time here um have a great 12 months, next 12 months. Um, it's not going to be like the last 12 months, or it's not like 2019 either. We're in a, a, a transition situation, especially with regard to uh, landed price and supply chain issues. But everything else, we've got to work on where we can, remember? Work on the stuff you can change and just don't ignore, but swear at the stuff you can't and get on with stuff you can change, right? 
elsewhere. Uh, so open and onwards, everybody. It's a nice little phrase. Um, I would first, finally, just like to thank Arette Sales. Are very, you know, that they're, they're very trusting. They didn't go through this. They didn't, they didn't look at this with me. So <laughs> I hope they're not going to nix it. Um, they just said, Ian, do what you can here. So I very much appreciate the trust from uh, from Maury and the team there, and uh, and the confidence in in our messages here. Uh, much of the data and much of my life revolves around our five numbers project. And that's an online thing. Literally, you go online into a portal, you put five numbers in and press click, and it goes off and populates these wonderful graphs tell you how you compare with other people in different parts of the country, other people, different size groups or your size group across the country in uh, all the metrics that matter, all the numbers that matter. And there's the, there's the address if you uh, if you want to look at it. And we'd love to have you. There's 58, I think, right now in that program. So uh, finally, I would say, um, keep the faith, have a great rest of the year. Merry Christmas, I'll be the first to wish you that, maybe. And um, just do what you can do so well, which is uh, have fun whilst helping people with better gardening success, all right? Take care, everybody. Thank you for staying in. If you stayed in, thank you. Bye.